Well, welcome to the Cut for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns. And today we're digging into my message from Sunday, which was the end of our series on fear. And we really wrestled on Sunday with what in our world is worth fearing. Um, over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about fears that are not worth it um, and fears we overcome by the presence of God in our lives. Um, but what does it mean for us to really have a fear that's worth it? And how is that fear the fear of the Lord? Um, we're going to dig into a little bit more what that phrase means and how we've understood it and just um, how we have seen it lived out in the lives of other people, uh, those that really understand what is the fear of the Lord. So let's get into it. Yeah, I told uh, when we were, we uh, my sister turned 40 last week and we were at her house on Saturday after I'd gotten the sermon written. And uh, I was like, I'm telling a story about you in the sermon on Sunday. And she's like, what could you possibly be talking about? And I was like, well, we're talking about fear. And uh, she's like, you're talking about worms, aren't you? And I was like, yep, yes, I am. So that has left an impact on our lives of how Aaron used to torment me with worms. But it took me a little bit to get this one under wraps and under control this week. I mean, even though I'm in the middle of a series or the end of a series, and that kind of, that might have been part of the reason why, because you get to the end of the series and you kind of run out of juice or gas or whatever. And then also um, dealing with a topic like the fear of the Lord, it feels like one of those things that in the back of my head was maybe this isn't as groundbreaking as I think it is. Uh, Maybe people are going to be like, well, yeah, we know that Pastor Clay, like we have that figured out, Um, you know? And so writing it was hard to be like, what new can I bring to a topic that is so discussed, you know, but even on Sunday after church, I had someone say, you know, I've been a Christian a long time and I've struggled with what it means to fear God and what it means to fear the Lord and how, how we are supposed to love God and serve God, but also fear God at the same time. And those things don't feel very compatible. And when you think of fear as like, Ooh, scary fear, they're not, they're not compatible, but when you apply it in its proper context, then it's like, Oh, okay. And so I just had to be okay in the writing process. I just had to be okay not covering new territory. If that makes sense, you know, like sometimes there isn't a new spin on everything. And then I remember, oh, wait, yeah, I'm a theology major in college and I have an MDiv and like, this is really all I do. And so after the conversation on Sunday, I was like, okay, yeah, we needed that sermon. So we found good news in the midst of it because we know we know God better and we, we, we fear God appropriately and we serve God more faithfully when those two things are true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the explaining it as reverence, mm-hmm. um, which I guess Solomon was explaining that. But still, that, right. that, that really stood out to me because, yeah, I kind of agree. It's something weird that I never really understood. So I'm glad you did it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that it really is not the God is scary, but he can do a whole lot of really cool things and we should just be in awe of what he can do. Yep. It's comforting to know that like, I mean, like I, I went through on Sunday, like the people of God struggle with this too. Like there were times when they were afraid of God and not, not with like the awe and the reverence. There was times when they were afraid, like, pho- you know, phobia, fear. Um, you know, and just to, to know that we're not alone when we struggle with it, I think is really helpful sometimes. Cause like, you know, you can think about a character in the Bible and be just kind of starstruck. I don't know if this happens to 
to other people, but it happens to me where I'm just like, how, how can you face what you face? How can you do what you do? How can this all be your life experience? And yet you're, you know, holding firm to your faith in God when life around you is just falling apart. You know, it's easy to, but it's comforting to know that the people of God struggled too. Um, that they didn't have it all figured out, that they're just on, they're just as much in a discipleship process as we all are, that uh, they get it wrong and have to think about it and chew on it and come back and say, oh, this is a, that was a bad choice or that was a bad understanding or, you know, that kind of a thing. So, yeah, I like that. I mean, and I think it's easy to be starstruck in. It, it takes us a while that when we read this, you know, when we read the Bible, that they all deal with the same stuff we do. And I think that's sometimes for us to understand. Yep. You know, these, these great people who had an, an, uh, an abundance of understanding of who God was or who God is and who Jesus is. Right. And they still struggle with all the stuff that we struggle with. Mm-hmm. So really, they're just like us. It's just we get to hear their stories. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's nice to have, you know, the space and time and a sermon to really dig into what fear has meant and, and how, what, how fear has been understood and how that fear has of not has evolved over time to the point where it is an awe and a respect and a reverence for God. Because like you said, God can do so many cool things and like God is powerful. And if you're on the wrong side of God, probably, you know, that fear is appropriate, but you know, as we live out lives of faith that that, that strive to cling to God as as much as we can, that that changes. That's where that shift comes in from fearing God, as in like, Oof, or you know, fearing God, as in like, that was really cool. So, yeah, yeah. Do you think some of that fear though comes from we want a certain outcome, and God has a different plan? And absolutely plan is different. We don't like it. And so that scares us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We want, we want God to operate like a short order cook where we put in our menu, we put in our order during prayer and God does exactly what we want um, every time. And, you know, if it's not right, we send it back and, you know, but that's not how it works because God is sovereign. Um, that's not how it works because God does have a will that is bigger than ours. And, you know, no matter how you want to talk about that, it's uh, the rest, the reality of, of our lives is that God does have a will um, for us to, you know, kind of going back to like Jeremiah 29, like God has a plan for us to prosper and benefit. And like, it may not look like it at the time, but there are definite ways in my own life where God has redeemed the fear that I once had. Um you know, even like I said on Sunday, like I said about the sermon on Sunday, I was having such a hard time writing it. But then when I was done, it was just like, oh, God, thank you. Because that was not, you know, not to be like falsely humble, but like that was not me. That was the wisdom, like, you know, the the, the inspiration of God working through me, um, you know, to, to bring that message. Mm-hmm. So how often, I mean. You said you struggled with this one. Does that happen more often at the end of a series or at the beginning of a series? I think the end of the series is tough because, you know, it's like 
we've been going in this one direction for the last, you know, four or five weeks. This was a six week sermon series on fear. So like we dealt with fear in a proper sense of like just what it means to have fear and how that affects our physiology and what's going on neurologically with our amygdala and, and the way that that affect that that part of our brain affects our bodies when fear happens. And then we talked about, you know, different things that were not worth fearing. You know, fear of failure, fear of being alone, fear of other people, like people that are different than we are. Those are not worth it, fears. And so uh, it was not necessarily an idea of where to go next because I knew where I wanted to, I wanted to take us in the sermon series to be like, okay, these are the fears that are not worth it. And we combat those with the presence of God, but here's a fear worth it. Here's a fear worth holding on to. Here's a fear worth feeling if we're going to feel it in the right way, you know? And so that feels easy when I say it out loud like that. But when you're in the midst of sermon planning, that's like, we've been going this in the same direction for so long. And now we're going to take a very big step to the left by like, here's not worth it. Here's not worth it. Here's not worth it. Here's worth it. And I was like, is this going to be too big of a step for us to take? Um, but I think it, now I think it worked well enough. So mm-hmm. yeah. But then you start working on the next sermon series and you're just like, oh, I can't wait until this one comes. And you're just like, oh, I've got two weeks left on this other sermon series and I'm still working on materials for what's coming next. And I'm excited about what's coming next. And I just can't wait to get there. And, you know, then you're just like, okay, focus on this one at a time. It's going to be okay. It's just, yeah. So. Yep. Uh, We're terrible finishers, right? Right. I just want to get started on the next thing. If you looked at my basement, nothing's finished, but <laughs> it's usable. And now I move on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. It's totally. the same scenario where it's hard to wrap things up. Yeah. Yeah. To tie a, yep. to tie a nice bow on something as big as this. Um, yeah. I'm sure that's challenging. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah, like this reminds me of some parishioners back in the Herrick Church. Uh, they were they were living in a house while building a house. Um, like it was on the same kind of the same home place, and so they were twenty feet from their um, from their from their new home. And they're just like, we're not going to move in until it's all the way done. We're not going to move in until it's all the way done. We're not going to move until it's all the way done. The second it got livable. They're just like, okay, cool. We're moving. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what happened to, and like to this day, like it's 2023. I left in 2020. The house wasn't done. And I don't think the house is done now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we are, we are terrible finishers and you know, the, the shiny and the new is exciting and yeah, but it's important to see it through to the end. Um, whether that is, you know, anything really like you ran a half marathon on Sunday, I'm sure, you know, that last Half of it had to have been like, oh, why am I doing this? But well, actually, to be completely honest, uh, the last half was awesome because so the, the little side story, the marathon starts a half hour before the half marathon. Yeah. Um, but we go the same route for like the first eight miles. Oh, and okay. There's a sign that says take a left to go on the marathon, take a right to go on the half marathon. Well, I ran the marathon last year, and you have no idea how much relief I had at mile eight. When I could take a right and take the half marathon instead of the full marathon, because my goodness, it is so much easier. It is way less than half the effort to right. a half marathon than it is for a full marathon. There is a point in the full marathon when all of your legs and respiratory and everything just stops working properly. 
Oh. And you still have miles and miles and miles to go. That doesn't happen if you're if you're prepared for a half marathon. That does not happen. Right. Like you can pretty much run through the whole thing and you feel fine when you get done. And yeah. It's such a relief. There you go. Um, I did kind of chop off. I didn't, I mean, this, this got cut during the, even the writing process, but I was like, I was even wrestling with what should I even read both scriptures? Um, Cause I did mm. Proverbs one. And then I also did that passage from second Timothy. Um, mm. And like that passage is just such a powerful reminder of what the fear of the Lord can look like. Um, and just, you know, what, when it, when we think about it properly, you know, God did not give us a spirit of timidity. God does not want us to be afraid. God does not want us to live in total fear all of the time. God has given us a spirit of power. God has given us a spirit of confidence. And so when we properly apply the fear of the Lord, I really feel like we can live with that proper spirit in us. And that was so important for Timothy because he was a pastor um, in Ephesus and things were not going great, um, you know, and he was also young and like having been a young pastor, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer a young pastor, but it's fine. But having been a young pastor, I remember those moments of being afraid and being terrified and being like, the moment is too big for someone like me. This is not where we should be in life. Um like in like a previous version of the sermon actually included a story. We had a, a member of the church in Brookings that was 106 um, and her mind was as sharp as a tack, but her hearing was gone. And so you either had to write it down or shout. And I went to visit her. Um, we had a great time and a great conversation and just, you know, I think everything went as far as I could tell, everything went well. Um, but her home health aide pulled me aside and she's like, so who are you? And I was like, well, I'm the associate pastor at Brookings first. And she's like, oh, the associate. Next time, bring the real pastor. Are you kidding? Nope. <laughs> yeah. So like living with a spirit of timidity could have been the end result of that. You know, mm-hmm. but I doubled down. I'm a little bit, um, I don't know what the word is, but I doubled down and like I visited her like three more times that month and just be like, nope, still, still the fake pastor. It's fine. And then like uh, we, uh, we was getting ready to turn 107 and someone asked her, what do you want for your 107th birthday? And she said, I don't want to. That's what I want for my 107th birthday. I don't <laughs> want to have one. And I swear to God, if I'm lying, I'm dying. She passed away at 106 years, 364 days. She died the day before her birthday. And like, I got to be a part of her funeral. And just like, that could have been a moment where that fear could have been too much for me. And I would have just, you know, as, as an associate pastor, I have the right to just say, you know, Rich, I really think like you need to do this, my, my senior pastor, I really think that you have to do, need to do this sermon be, or this funeral because the aide doesn't want me. You know, I, I could have said that. That could have been a legitimate conversation that we had. Um, but, you know, it was important for, for Rich to have help um, because it was a big funeral and kind of a big deal um, losing your oldest member like that. And just, yeah, it was, um, you know, and then I could draw on some of those memories that I had with her as I'm addressing um, the family and the people of God assembled to celebrate her life. And uh, yeah, when we have that spirit of timidity, it can lead us to, you know, it can really lead us to fears that aren't worth it. 
And so I think that's really important that Paul said that to Timothy um, as he's on his way out of this mortal life. Like this is, these are like, this is when you look at the chronology of the letters of Paul, this is it. Like this is the last letter he wrote. Like he is on the verge of being poured out like a drink offering is how he puts it, but he's on the verge of dying. Um, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't admit to that. He still says, you know, when you come visit me, bring my jacket. Cause I'm cold. And you know, he had these expectations, but he knew his time on earth was coming to an end and wanted to encourage his friend one more time before that happened and said, okay, even when I'm gone, because they meant so much to each other, even when I'm gone, do not let this fear control you because that's not how God has made you to be. You have been given a spirit of power. You've been given a spirit of confidence. You've been given a spirit that is not afraid and live into that truthfully and follow God faithfully. Yeah. Well, even the the lady who turned almost turned 107 for her to say, I don't want, I don't want one for my 107th birthday. Talk about fear of God there. I mean, Right. Talk about true reverence and confidence and what she oh, absolutely. believed. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool too. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. She was pretty cool. But but to have gal, that's what I want. To be able to have that level of confidence and peace and knowing what lies ahead. Yeah. I don't want anything more at the end of my you know what I mean? Like yeah, at the end of my life, yeah. that's what I want. Yep. Yep. Know that, I yep, feel the I'm, exact same way. I'm going to the right place after this and yep. I'll see you there someday. You know what I mean? Like yep. that's yeah. Yeah. What more could you want out of life than to die mm-hmm. with that much confidence and that, you know, God given confidence and 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 just like I said, her body was what was failing her. Her mind was sharp as a tack up until the very end. Obviously, that's what she said, you know, as as her birthday was approaching, as her final days were approaching. Like she she understood the reality better than any of us. And right. just, you know, it was it was interesting because that question was asked by one of my high school youth. Um, who was working as a uh, kind of doing a, a kind of a job shadow thing um, at the nur- at the nursing home that she was at. Um, and she just like, she came to me and she's like, Clay, I don't know what to do with what just happened. I need your help. I don't you know. And she needed some, she just needed help to process through that because she heard that and was afraid. I mean, she, I mean, but when you're a high schooler, you're in your junior in high school. And the biggest thing that you're worried about is your, your, you know, boyfriend giving the right proposal because that all happened like in the, in the, in the next week and a half or so, sure. uh, you know, uh, that's not where your brain is. And so, yeah, she, the, my friend that was 106 could provide so much wisdom to that situation. Yeah. So cool. Well, what's the next sermon series on? Yeah, so actually we're taking a little bit of a break. Um, we're taking a one-week break from sermon series. Um, so on Sunday, we're going to be digging into more of Paul's writing, uh, Paul's, Paul's letter to the Romans, where he talks about letting love be genuine and what mm. that looks like for us. And so there are ways that we fake it until we make it. And there are ways where that is disingenuous and and not helpful. Um, and so Paul is instructing the church to not be like that and to really. This is kind of the end of the uh, the end of the book of Romans. It's really a big transitional statement to where Paul gets very very practical and very very advicey and just says, you know, this is how we should live in light of everything that's happened because it's this big presentation of the gospel. 
in light of everything, this is how we should live. We should let our love be genuine. We should pray for those who persecute us. We should weep with those who weep and celebrate with those who celebrate and just, you know, live in, live in peace. At all. If, it's all, if it's at all possible, live in peace uh, with those around us. And so that's going to be what we kind of uh, unpack and tackle on Sunday. And then in two weeks, we're starting a new sermon series uh, based on the life of Joseph from the Old Testament um, and how we live a faith that is as as um as steadfast as his even when circumstances around us are troublesome sweet so yeah sounds good well thanks for joining us on this week's cut for time podcast join us again next week in person at 10 a.m at church online and youtube and then here for the podcast next week thanks for listening to our cut for time conversation Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.